Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Welcome once again to the mansion on the hill, the house of strange, the palace of mystery. This is the home of Terry's mysterious moments. This is season five. We thank you for listening to the show. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, season five, episode two. I've got a what I think is a good story for you this week. Kamala and Amala, the Indian wolf girls. Have you ever heard of them? I heard of them about 50-odd years ago, and their stories have stayed with me all this time. Amala, born around 1918, they think, lived until September 21, 1921, which means she was only three years oldish when she passed away. And Kamala, who died in around November 14, 1929, were two feral girls from Bengal, India, who were alleged to have been raised by a wolf family. A feral child, also called a wild child, is a human child who has lived isolated from human contact from a very young age and so has had little or no experience of human care, behavior, or human language. There are several confirmed cases and many other speculative ones. Feral children may have experienced severe abuse or trauma before being abandoned or running away. They are sometimes the subjects of folklore and legends, typically portrayed as having been raised by animals. Feral children lack the basic social skills that are normally learned in the process of enculturation. For example, they may be unable to learn to use a toilet. They may have trouble learning to walk upright after walking on all fours all their lives. Or they may display a complete lack of interest in the human activity around them. They often seem mentally impaired and have almost insurmountable trouble learning a human language. The impaired ability to learn a natural language after having been isolated for so many years is often attributed to the existence of a critical period for language learning and taken as evidence in favor of the critical period hypothesis. There is little scientific knowledge about feral children. One of the best documented cases has supposedly been that of sisters Amala and Kamala, described by Reverend J.A.L. Singh in 1926 as having been raised by wolves in a forest in India. French surgeon Sergei Eroles 
has persuasively argued that the case was a fraud perpetrated by Singh in order to raise money for his orphanage. Child psychologist Bruno Bettelheim states that Amala and Kamala were born mentally and physically disabled, yet other scientific studies of feral children do exist. Prior to the 1600s, feral and wild children stories were usually limited to myths and legends. In those tales, the depiction of feral children included hunting for food, running on all fours instead of two, and not knowing language. Philosophers and scientists were infatuated with such children and began to question if these children were part of a different species from the human family. The question was taken seriously as science tried to name and categorize the development of humans and the understanding of the natural world in the 18th and 19th centuries. Around the 20th century, psychologists were attempting to differentiate between behavior and biological culture. Feral children who lived in isolation or with animals provided examples of this dilemma. There have been a rather large amount of examples, whether fact or fiction, of feral children and a wide variety of their foster parents, some of which are as follows, raised by primates or monkeys. Now some of you might say that any kid was raised by monkeys, but Marina Chapman claimed to have lived with weeper capuchin monkeys in the Colombian jungle from the age of five to about nine, following a botched kidnapping in 1954. Unusual for feral children, she went on to marry, have children, and live a largely normal life with no persisting problems. Robert Mayanja lost his parents in the Ugandan Civil War around 1982 at the age of three, when Milton Obote's soldiers raided their village around 50 miles from Kampala. Robert then survived in the wild, presumably with vervet monkeys, for three years until he was found by soldiers of National Resistance Army. Saturday Mithayane or Mifuni, 1987, a boy of around five, was found after spending about a year in the company of monkeys in KwaZulu-Natal, South Africa. He was given the name Saturday after the day he was found, and Mathiane was the name of the headmistress of the special school which took him in. At around the age of 17, he still could not talk, and still walked and jumped like a monkey. He never ate cooked food, and refused to share or play with any other children. Unfortunately, in 2005, he was killed in a fire. John Sabonia from Uganda was a toddler when his father killed his mother and hanged himself. Instead of going into a care facility, he went to live with vervet monkeys. For two years, he learned how to forage and travel. The monkeys protected him in the wild. When he was around seven years old, he was brought back to civilization. According to a local villager, the only forms of communication he was capable of were crying and demanding food, and he was a wild boy whom everyone feared. Raised by Wolves Dinah Senekar Discovered among wolves in a cave in Sikandra near Agra in Uttar Pradesh, India in 1872. 
at the age of six. He went on to live among humans for over 20 years, including picking up smoking, but never learned to speak and remained seriously impaired for the rest of his life. Marcos Rodriguez Pantoja, around 1946, Sierra Morena, Spain, lived for 12 years with wolves in the mountains of southern Spain. He was discovered at age 19, raised by dogs. Oksana Malaya was an eight-year-old Ukrainian girl who lived with black Russian terriers for six years. She was found in a kennel with dogs in 1991. She was neglected by her parents who were alcoholics. The three-year-old, looking for comfort, crawled into the kennel and snuggled with the dogs. Her behavior imitated dogs more than humans. She walked on all fours, bared her teeth, and barked. She was removed from her parents' custody by the social services. As she lacked human contact, she did not know any words besides yes and no. Upon adulthood, Oksana has been taught to subdue her dog-like behavior. She learned to speak fluently and intelligently and works at the farm, milking cows, but remains somewhat intellectually impaired. Years later, Oksana admitted on a Russian talk show that her story was slightly less dramatic than reported. She was neglected by her parents, so she sought out the company of the dogs and learned to imitate them as they were more responsive than her parents. Ivan Mishakov, a six-year-old boy, was rescued by the police in 1998 from wild dogs, whom he lived with for two years. He ran from his mother and her abusive alcoholic boyfriend at the age of four. He earned the dog's trust by giving them food, and in return, the dogs protected him. The boy had risen to being alpha male of the pack. When the police found him, they set a trap for him and the dogs by leaving food in a restaurant kitchen. Because he had lived among the dogs for only two years, he relearned language fairly rapidly. He studied in military school and served in the Russian army. A 10-year-old Chilean boy, whom was referred to as Dog Boy, was rescued after living with street dogs for two years. At the age of five, the boy was abandoned by his parents. After fleeing a subsequent child care facility, he roamed the streets with 15 stray dogs. He spent his time with them, living in a cave and searching for food, sometimes finding leftovers in garbage cans. In 2001, his situation was brought to the attention of the police. Upon a rescue attempt, the boy tried to escape by jumping into frigid ocean water. However, he was caught and hospitalized. He exhibited depression and aggressive tendencies, and although he could speak, he would rarely do so. Traian Calderar from Romania, found in 2002, also known as the Romanian Dog Boy or Mowgli from the Jungle Book. From the ages of four to seven, Traian lived without his family. The boy was found at the age of seven and was described as a three-year-old due to undernutrition. His mother had left her home because of domestic violence, and Trayan ran from home also after his mother had left.
He lived in the wild and took shelter in a cardboard box. He suffered from infected wounds, having poor circulation, and a children's disease caused by vitamin D deficiency. Trayan was found by Manolescu Iowan, who had been walking across the country after his car broke down. In the surrounding area, a dog that had been eaten was also found. Many assumed that the boy was eating the dog to stay alive. When Trayan was being cared for, he would usually sleep under the bed and wanted to eat all the time. In 2000, Trayan was being taken care of by his grandfather and was doing well in third grade in school. Andre Tolstik, 2004, was raised by dogs in a remote part of Siberia from the age of three months to seven years. Now, we're going to venture into the realm of having your BS detector go off. I only report these stories. I don't know that they're factual. I don't know how true they are. I don't know if they're just something like you find on a trash rag at the at the checkout stand at your local Walmart. Says he lived from age of three months to seven years. He was neglected by his parents because he had speaking and hearing problems. Social workers who found the boy were curious about why the boy was not admitted to his local school. This boy was not able to talk as he lacked human interaction and had many dog-like characteristics, including walking on all fours, biting people, and sniffing his food before eating. Medina, who was a three-year-old girl, lived with dogs from birth until she was three years old. She slept with them in the cold, ate food with them, and played with them. Her father left her after she was born. This caused her mother to become an alcoholic and neglect Medina. When found by social workers in 2013, she was completely nude and engaged in dog-like behavior, including chewing on bones. Afterwards, doctors confirmed that she was still mentally and physically capable despite being neglected for nearly her entire life. Raised by Bears Serge Erols shows from the archives of the Queen of Poland from 1664 to 1688 that the three Lithuanian bear boys born in 1657, 1669, and 1694 were false. There was only one boy who lived in the forests of Lithuania with the Eurasian brown bear. He was found in spring of 1663 and was then brought to Poland's capital. Apparently that's all the info. Raised by Sheep Serge Erols gives evidence that an Irish boy brought up by sheep, reported by Nicolas Tulp in his book Observations Medicae, was severely disabled and exhibited for money. A 14-year-old boy, also known as the Sheep Boy, was found in the former Soviet Union living in a sheep flock. He was raised by sheep for eight years. He had no communication skills and could not use the toilet. His parents left to find work and he was left with his grandmother. His grandmother took care of him until he died. Raised by Cattle 
the Bamberg boy, who grew up among cattle. This was in the late 10th, 16th century. Apparently, there's not much information about him. Raised by goats. <coughs> Daniel, the Andes goat boy, 1990, lived in the wild for about eight years. He was discovered in the mountains of Peru and was raised by goats. He walked and ran on all fours with the mountain goats. He drank goat's milk and ate berries and roots. Here's one where the BS meter is just going ding, ding, ding. Raised by ostriches. The ostrich boy named Hadara was lost by his parents in the Sahara Desert at the age of two and was adopted by ostriches. At the age of 12, he was rescued and taken back to society and his parents. He later married and had children. The story of Hadara is often told in West Sahara. In 2000, Hadara's son, Amadou, told his father's story to the Swedish author, Monica Zak, who compiled it into a book. This book is a mixture of the stories told by Amadou and Zak's own fantasy. Other documented cases. Jean de Liège, who was described by philosopher Sir Kenham Digby in his book Two Treatises in 1644, The Girl of Orienburg in 1777, The Two Pyrenean Boys in 1719, Peter the Wild Boy of Hamelin in 1724, a mentally handicapped boy affected with Pitt Hopkins syndrome. He lived only one year in the wild. Victor of Aveyron was a feral child in the forest of Aveyron for 12 years. Marie-Angelique Memmi Leblanc was a famous feral child of the 18th century in France who was known as the Wild Girl of Champagne, the Maid of Chalons, or the Wild Child of Songhi. Marie-Angelique survived for 10 years living wild in the forest of France between the ages of 9 and 19 before she was captured by villagers in Songhi in Champagne in September of 1731. She was likely born in 1712 as a Native American of the Meshwaki or Fox people and brought to France in 1720 or she was born in an unknown location in 1721. Marie died in Paris in 1775. Documents show that she learned to read and write as an adult, thus making her unique among feral children. Hani Istok, also known as Steve of the Marsh, of Kapovar, Hungary, in 1749. According to documents stored at the Catholic parish of Kapovar, an abandoned child was once found in a marshy lakeside forest by two fishermen. He was brought to the town of Capivar, where he was christened and received the name Stephen. The local governor took him to his castle and tried to raise him, but the boy eventually escaped and ran back into the forest. Later, numerous folk tales developed around his character, depicting him as a half-fish, half-human creature who lived in a nearby lake. Ding, 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 ding. Caspar Hauser, early 19th century. He existed, but his own account of his early isolation may have been a hoax. Ramachandra, 
1970s and 80s. First reported in 1973 in the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh at roughly 12 years old and as living an amphibian lifestyle, ding, 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 in the Kawano River. He was rescued in 1979 and taken to a nearby village. He only partly adapted to a conventional lifestyle, still preferring raw food, walking with an awkward gait, and spending most of his time alone in nearby rivers and streams. He died in 1982 after approaching a woman who was frightened by him and was badly scalded by her with boiling water. Historian Mike Dash speculates that Ramachandra's uncharacteristically bold approach to the woman was sparked by a burgeoning sexual attraction coupled with his ignorance of cultural mores and taboos. Yeah, I think that would do it. Cambodian Jungle Girl in 2007 lived 19 years in the Cambodian jungle. Other sources question these claims. In August of 2016, after immigration officials spent two weeks reviewing the case, the woman left Cambodia with her family and returned to Vietnam. Vietnamese media reported that her birth father discovered her through photographs on Facebook. This woman never learned to speak while living with her adopted family in Cambodia, and according to her Vietnamese birth family, she's been that way since birth. A John Doe in Uzbekistan in 2007 is a teenage boy found acting like a wild animal and snarling in the mountains of Samarkand after being reported missing in 1998. Ang Chayati, Theva near Saya, Mizoram, India, 2012. I'm sorry if I'm slaughtering these names, but I don't know what they are. She went missing in a jungle, age four. She returned 38 years later. When she was first seen, she was naked, long-haired, and with long fingernails, which caused her to be seen as a wild woman. Ho Van Lang, 2013, was found in Quang Nai, Vietnam. His father, Ho Van Than, took him into the jungle, leaving behind a brother, Ho Van Tree, to flee from the Vietnam War, where he was raised for four decades of isolation. Upon discovery, he barely spoke a few words of the local dialect from the core minority. According to his brother, he is developmentally stunted, like a child, and cannot distinguish good from bad. After all that, we get to the alleged cases of feral children, starting with the ones that were raised by pumas. Vicente Cao Cao. 1948. Chilean boy found in a savage state at age 12, allegedly raised by pumas. Raised with sheep. The historian Herodotus wrote that Egyptian pharaoh Semeticus I, also known as Samtic, sought to discover the origin of language by conducting an experiment with two children. Allegedly, he gave two newborn babies to a shepherd with the instructions that no one could speak to them, but that the shepherd should feed and care for them while listening to determine their first words. The hypothesis was that the first word would be uttered in the root language of all people. When one of the children cried, Bekos, 
a sound quite similar to the bleeding of sheep. With outstretched arms, the shepherd concluded that the word was Phrygian, because that was the sound of the Phrygian word for bread. Thus, they concluded that the Phrygians were an older people than the Egyptians. There are other alleged cases, including one, of course, in Texas, the Lobo Wolf Girl of Devil's River in 1845. A figure in Texas folklore, she was captured in 1846, but escaped. She was last spotted at age 18 in 1852. Then we get into stories of children who were voluntarily locked away in rooms by themselves with no family contact. And that's sad. I, just, I won't go into those because they're, they're really, they're hurtful to read. There are many stories that have been put forth. I'm sure some of them are as wrong and full of lies as a lot of stories of unusual things. But let's look back. And, and go back to Amala and Kamala. In 1926, Joseph Amrito Lal Singh, the rector of the local orphanage, published an account in The Statesman, published from Calcutta, saying that the two girls were given to him by a man who lived in the jungle near the village of Godamuri in the district of Mindapur, west of Calcutta, and that the girls, when he first saw them, lived in a sort of cage near the house. Later, he claimed that he himself rescued the girls from the wolves' den on October 9th of 1920. He named the children and wrote his observations of them in a diary consisting of loose sheets, some dated, some undated, for almost 10 years, which, if accurate, would represent one of the best documented efforts to observe and rehabilitate feral children the diary entry of October 17th of 1920 states, The mother wolf, whose nature was so ferocious and affection so sublime, it struck me with wonder. I was simply amazed to think that an animal had such a noble feeling, surpassing even that of mankind, to bestow all the love and affection of a fond and ideal mother on these peculiar beings. Reportedly, Kamala was about eight years old and Amala about 18 months. Singh claims in his diary that at the orphanage, the two girls showed wolf-like behavior. They would not allow themselves to be dressed. They scratched and bit people who tried to feed them. They rejected cooked food and walked on all fours. Both girls had developed thick calluses on their palms and knees from having walked on all fours. The girls were mostly nocturnal. They had an aversion to sunshine and could see very well in the dark. They also exhibited an acute sense of smell and an enhanced ability to hear. The girls enjoyed the taste of raw meat and would eat out of a bowl on the ground. They seemed to be insensitive to cold and heat and appeared to show no human emotions of any kind apart from fear. At night, they would howl like wolves calling out to their family. They did not speak. Unity author Amelda Octavia Shanklin referred to their case in her 1929 book, What Are You? I once heard a missionary tell of seeing two girls who had been rescued from a den of wolves in Asia. As babes, they had been abandoned and, in a measure, 
duplicating the young lives of Romulus and Remus, had been mothered by a female wolf. The children ran fleetly on all fours. They snarled and bit at their captors. The forehead retreated, the lower face protruded with unmistakable likeness to the foster parent beast that had shown them more of mother love than their human mothers had shown. In other words, they kind of looked like wolves according to her. Singh claims that he took on the difficult task of trying to teach them ordinary human behavior. Amala died in 1921 of a kidney infection. Kamala showed signs of mourning after her death. In some stories, Kamala sat out in the yard and howled at night. After this, Kamala became more approachable. She was eventually partially house-trained and became used to the company of other human beings. After years of hard work, she was able to walk upright a little, although never proficiently, and would often revert to all fours when she needed to go somewhere quickly and learn to speak a few words. But, alas, she died in 1929 of tuberculosis. One wonders, after hearing these stories, if mental illness or perhaps even autism were to blame for these children who got along better with animals than with people. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for being along for the ride. I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Aaron reads listener stories, mostly ghost stories, sometimes UFOs, sometimes cryptids. On Tuesday, Aaron Frail brings you Aaron's Horror Show, different things that he's written. He reviews movies, books, things like that. On Wednesday, it's me, Terry from Texas, with Terry's Mysterious Moments, where we talk about just about anything there is to talk about. And at the first weekend of the month, we have video from The Witching Hour and Unexplained Cases. Aaron has instituted a new area called Entertaining Short Films. That's exactly what they are. They're just short stories, nothing in particular, no particular genre, just entertaining. Remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have Apple or Android, download the RPA app, which is a black square with a blue eye in the middle of it. Download that to the device that you listen to the program on. Install it, and when you open that up, you can go straight to the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and its network. So all the all the stories that are involved with RPA are there, so you don't have to go hunting for them. If you want to contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments, you can do that on the Facebook page, and it's called Terry's Mysterious Moments, or you can email me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Contact me if you want to. Let's talk about some things. That's about it. We'll be back again. Listen to the other shows. Have a good week, everybody.